Sex. As we learned in The Little Prince, that which is essential is invisible to the eye. In this Pittsburgh Symphony radio broadcast, we see the world through a child's eyes in Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker and music by Vivian Fung, A Child's Dream of Toys. Plus, the young man's violin concerto from Samuel Barber, played by James Ennis, all conducted by music director Manfred Honeck. I'm Jim Cunningham, the Chris Kringle of the Classical Radio Set. Our program is made possible in part with your support and help from the Spanos Group of Raymond James, their businesses, people, and their financial well-being, with decisions focused on the long term. 844-545-2259 or spanosgroup.com. Raymond James and Associates Incorporated, member New York Stock Exchange, SIPC. Pittsburgh Symphony Radio is also supported by the musicians of the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. James Ennis gets us started with Samuel Barber's Violin Concerto. It's been really nice to, to spend some real time on it. You know, this is a piece that we all know, <laughs> and it would be it would be easy enough to just sort of wind it up and let it go. But um, Meister Honeck has been really wonderful about really really getting into it. You know, sometimes that that can be a danger when there's pieces that people know that that uh, you just say, well, this this should be fine. You know, <laughs> and you you play it through in rehearsal, and and it is fine, but it's not necessarily great. And so we're we're trying to make it great, and hopefully it will be. I'm certainly looking forward to it. I have to ask your opinion about its unplayability, since it's part of the legend. Uh, at the premiere, it was said by Bruselli, the uh, first violinist who was supposed to play it, that it was unplayable. But that's become back and forth sort of a myth, and all kinds of interesting conjectures have been made about it. What's your take on it? Well, yeah, that, that story has been, uh, that's been the topic of some controversy, <laughs> it seems. People saying, he never said that, or he did say it, or somebody said it, but it wasn't him. I don't know. I think that I've done my fair share of, of new concerti and, and new commissions with composers, and I find there's, there's a very fine line between impossible and just highly inconvenient. <laughs> and I think um, it's always great to, to try to be objective about it and say, you know what, there's probably a solution here, because if the piece um, warrants it, if it's, a, if it's a masterpiece like the Barber Concerto turned out to be, then in a way it furthers the whole instrumental capacity, you know. Uh, now, the Barber Violin Concerto is a standard piece of repertoire, certainly in this country, and I think that because it's a piece that people play, then those are the things in it that people have to learn how to do, and then that, that again, you know, furthers the technique of the instrument. So I think, um, you know, it has its challenges, but it should have its challenges. It's a concerto, and I think there's a part of every concerto that is, uh, you know, a, a, a display piece. Um, certainly, the, I think the most lasting impact of the piece to the listener is its extreme beauty and lyricism, but uh, the virtuosity is, yeah, not to be discounted. James Ennis to play the Samuel Barber Violin Concerto in this Pittsburgh Symphony concert, 
Samuel Barber, part of the history of the 50-year home of the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra, Heinz Hall, having written the photograph of a Western scene for opening night with William Steinberg. It was heard next to Mahler's Second Symphony. Samuel Barber of Westchester, Pennsylvania, in the eastern part of the state, was the nephew of Louise Homer, the Metropolitan Opera star who was from Pittsburgh. She was the daughter of Reverend William Trimble Beatty, the founder of Pennsylvania College for Women, now Chatham University, and heard as the minister at Shadyside Presbyterian Church. The Violin Concerto was written in 1939 on commission from a wealthy businessman for a protege and was premiered by Albert Spaulding in 1941. Its commission came from the laundry soap manufacturer Samuel Fells of the Fells Naphtha fortune. His adopted son, Iso Isaac Briselli, was an accomplished violinist. Fells offered Barber $1,000 for the concerto, which was a lot of money in those days, half to be paid down and the other half upon delivery. What happened next is shrouded in some mystery and controversy. Apparently, Briselli was very unhappy with the perpetual motion at the end. Part of the controversy rests on the claim that Briselli found the solo part of the finale unplayable. There was even a court case that followed. James Ennis seems light as a feather about it. Here he is to play the Samuel Barber Violin Concerto. Manfred Honeck conducts the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra.
Concerto by Samuel Barber. The soloist was James Ennis with the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra, conducted by music director Manfred Honeck. James Ennis says he likes to play the Pennsylvania-born composer when he appears in Europe. Honestly, it's a piece that I play quite a bit overseas, and I feel like, um, you know, it, it, it's ridiculous, but American music still in parts of Central Europe in particular is largely unknown um, and underappreciated. And I think that this is one of the best calling cards for 20th century American music, and I feel very lucky to be a part of that when I go overseas to get to introduce this piece to orchestras and audiences that might not know it. James Ennis' home is in Florida these days, but he is Canadian-born, and of course, he is a hockey fan. I'm a Winnipeg Jets fan, so that's that's my hometown team, even though the, the Winnipeg Jets of now are not actually the same franchise that I grew up with, but it was very exciting when the Jets came back to Winnipeg. And of course, Pittsburgh's one of the great hockey towns of the world, and uh, I've, I've never been to a game here, but uh, maybe someday. Listening to the voice of Samuel Barber's aunt, Louise Homer, from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, singing O Thou That Tellest Good Tidings to Zion from Handel's Messiah on March 17, 1919. She was the daughter of Pittsburgh's William Trimble Beatty, Presbyterian minister at Shadyside Presbyterian Church. 
Pittsburgh's Louise Homer was a leading soprano at the Metropolitan Opera in many Verdi and Wagner roles, singing with Enrico Caruso. The League of Women Voters chose Louise Homer as one of the greatest living women in 1923 and 24. Her dad, Reverend Beatty, first said his daughter shouldn't be a singer, believing that such gifts were meant solely for worship within the church. In the end, Louise Homer was a gift to the world and to her nephew, Samuel Barber. Through Louise Homer, Samuel Barber was introduced to many great singers and songs, and Sidney Homer mentored Barber for more than 25 years, profoundly influencing his composition. Barber wrote an operetta at age 10, The Rose Tree, and he started studying at the Curtis Institute at age 12. We heard Samuel Barber's Violin Concerto with James Ennis from Pittsburgh Symphony Radio, probably his most famous piece other than the Adagio for Strings, but a close third is the School for Scandal Overture, his Opus 5. It was Barber's first full piece for orchestra written in 1931, just as he finished his studies at Curtis in Philadelphia. The first performance played by the Philadelphia Orchestra and Alexander Smolens. The title refers to The School for Scandal, written by Richard Brinsley Sheridan. The School for Scandal Overture with the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. Lauren Mazel conducts Samuel Barber.
Samuel Barber's School for Scandal Overture. It was Lauren Mazel, former music director of the Pittsburgh Symphony, conducting. That performance took place on February 16, 1989 at Heinz Hall. Earlier, we heard Samuel Barber's violin concerto from James Ennis, who told me the pandemic was a good time to record in your living room. He concentrated on music by Bach and the Belgian violin superstar Jen Izai, recording all the sonatas. And you can see James Ennis play the sixth solo sonata on YouTube. In late spring, early summer of 2020, I, I was actually recording some recitals for some European festival venues that weren't able to have concerts in person. Uh, they, they said, well, they got in touch and said, can you film a solo violin recital from your house? I said, oh yeah, of course, yeah, I can do that. And hung up and, and thought, oh, I have no idea how to do that. I don't know how I'm going to do it. but. I ended up, yeah, experimenting with this and, and realizing that my living room, once I cleared it out of everything, uh, became an awfully nice uh, sounding little recording venue. So I did, uh, I, I recorded and filmed the, the Six Eye Sonatas and the Six Sonatas and Partitas of Bach. And that was really a great way to stay musically engaged uh, and <laughs> somewhat gainfully employed during those months.
James Ennis playing the Isaiah Sonata number six in his living room. He recorded all six sonatas during the pandemic. The sixth and final sonata is dedicated to Manuel Quiroga. The dedicatee never played the sonata in public. It is written in the style of a Spanish habanera. Quiroga was a composer and violinist. He died tragically in New York City in an automobile accident in 1937. This Pittsburgh Symphony radio broadcast has the best possible kids' stuff. On the way, Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker and A Child's Dream of Toys by Vivian Fung. I'm Jim Cunningham. I hope you'll get in touch. All you have to do is send a note by U.S. mail to WQED-FM, 4802 Fifth Avenue, Pittsburgh, PA, 15213. You can send an email to pso at wqed.org. And you'll find more information on our website, psoradio.org. If you do send a note, we'll send you the Pittsburgh Symphony Radio Guide with a nice color photograph of Manfred Honeck with a baton in hand, Manfred and yours truly in the studio, a list of all the programs, and you'll receive the credit card holder, which attaches to the back of your telephone. Our address again is 4802 Fifth Avenue, Pittsburgh, PA, 15213. Melia Turanjo is the president and CEO of the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. The assistant conductors who help us with the radio broadcasts are Jacob Joyce and Moon Doe. This program is made possible by the Spanos Group of Raymond James. Their business is people and their financial well-being with decisions focused on the long term. 844-545-2259 or spanosgroup.com. Raymond James and Associates Incorporated. Member New York Stock Exchange, SIPC. Pittsburgh Symphony Radio is also made possible with your support and help from the musicians of the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. It's distributed on PRX.
the music is absolutely great when you think that this uh, ballet uh, was his last ballet he composed and between the fifth and sixth symphony he squeezed it in 1892 was the first performance it's amazing what kind of richness and experience as a composer he had everything is in here new colors and the passion what uh, Tchaikovsky is famous for the sensitivity the uh, I would say the glorious moment the ending the finalis everything what you can imagine uh, what Tchaikovsky stands for is written in the Nutcracker Pittsburgh Symphony Music Director Manfred Honig backstage on the audience right. Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker never gets old. It often turns up during the most wonderful time of the year. The Pittsburgh Symphony invites the Pittsburgh Ballet Theater dancers to join them for their holiday pops program while they're producing a complete ballet at the nearby Benetton Center. There is a hip-hop Nutcracker. Duke Ellington and Billy Strayhorn collaborated on a Nutcracker. Disney's Fantasia featured it. Barbie danced the Nutcracker. It's been animated numerous times. There's a Hallmark Channel version and a 3D version. Mikhail Baryshnikov and Gelsey Kirkland have theirs on DVD. Balanchine's Nutcracker is a favorite. Cheech of Cheech and Chong, Phyllis Diller and Jim Belushi had a nutty Nutcracker. But this is the Pittsburgh Symphony Nutcracker. The orchestra recorded the score in 1964 with William Steinberg on the Command Classics label at the Soldiers and Sailors Memorial. Manfred Honig has made some slight changes in the usual order of the suite drawn from the complete ballet. We'll hear the overture and the characteristic dances, coffee, the Arabian dance, and a trepak, the dance of the sugar plum fairy, in which keyboardist Rodrigo Ojeda provides the sugar plum, and some celeste playing. The Waltz of the Flowers with harpist Gretchen Van Heusen's opening cadenza. And excerpts from the ballet not usually included in the suite. A scene from Act Two, The Magic Castle in the Land of Sweets, the Pas de Deux, and the final waltz and apotheosis. Marius Petipa wrote the libretto, the story upon which Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker is danced. The ballet is set on Christmas Eve, where family and friends have gathered in the parlor to decorate the beautiful Christmas tree to get ready for the party. Once the tree is finished, the children are summoned. They stand in awe of its sparkling candles and decorations. Presents are given out to the children. Suddenly, the owl-topped grandfather clock strikes eight and a mysterious figure enters the room. It is Drosselmeyer, a local councilman, magician, and Clara's godfather. He's also a talented toy maker who has brought with him gifts for the children, including four lifelike dolls who dance to the delight of all. Clara and her brother Fritz are sad to see their dolls being taken away, but Drosselmeyer has yet another toy for them, a wooden nutcracker. We visit a pine forest and the land of sweets before Clara wakes up on Christmas morning. Here is Manfred Honeck to conduct his suite from Peter Ilyich Tchaikovsky's The Nutcracker with the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra.
Johann Fred Honeck conducted the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. Music from Tchaikovsky's ballet, The Nutcracker. Manfred Honeck included several excerpts not usually heard as part of the traditional suite, The Magic Castle in the Land of Sweets from Act Two, The Pas de Deux, and the final Waltz and Apotheosis. We heard the overture and the characteristic dances and the Waltz of the Flowers, as well as the dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy. You're listening to Pittsburgh Symphony Radio. From Clara's Dream at the Stahlbaum Home and Drosselmeyer on Christmas Eve with the Nutcracker, we have A Child's Dream of Toys from Vivian Fung, heard for the first time at Heinz Hall. Vivian Fung's A Child's Dream of Toys was inspired by Fung's three-year-old son and by an oil painting by Grant Maxwell. Also, Fung's late piano teacher from Edmonton, who passed away from a brain tumor in 1993, while Vivian Fung was still a student. The music is fast-paced and virtuosic, moves along at a clip, evoking a child's seemingly unlimited energy. The piece is organized as a series of episodes, short sections that morph and change as often as a child's moods. You might find a quote of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, but it's bent out of shape, the title of the music is taken from Vivian Fung's piano teacher's painting. He gave it to Fung shortly before his death. It's a small abstract rendition of a child's imagination in bright yellow and primary colors. Here is A Child's Dream of Toys by Vivian Fung, its first performance at Heinz Hall. Manfred Honeck conducts the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra.
Music by Vivian Fung. In a Heinz Hall premiere, Manfred Honeck conducted the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. You heard A Child's Dream of Toys by Vivian Fung. Commissioned by the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra and first played there on January 30, 2019, as part of the Winnipeg New Music Festival, conducted by Daniel Reiskin. Since then, it's also been heard in Albany and Edmonton. Vivian Fung was born in Edmonton, Canada. She started writing music, working with composer Violet Archer, and received her doctorate from the Juilliard School in New York. There, her mentors included David Diamond. Vivian now lives in California with her husband, Charles Boudreau, and their son, Julian. She is a Juno award-winning composer. NPR calls her one of today's most eclectic composers. She's written a clarinet quintet, Frenetic Memories, a reflection on her travels to visit minority groups in China's Yunnan province. And Vivian Fung wrote The Ice is Talking for solo percussion and electronics, commissioned by the Banff Center, using three ice blocks to illustrate the beauty and fragility of our environment. As the music director of the Pittsburgh Symphony, Manfred Honeck arrived off stage. I asked him on this December night what he'd be doing on the 25th of December and how he'd be spending his Christmas holiday. Well, these are days which, of course, I spend always at home. There is no way that I give up these um, wonderful holidays, days for a family where we celebrate Christmas. It was only one time in my life where I interrupted this, it was when uh, Pope uh, Francis uh, was asking uh, what I could uh, conduct in the Vatican and St. Peter's Church um, on the 24th of the evening of the 24th when my family came. So I said, okay, I do this one time and um, I enjoyed it enormously. But this is time for family, time to be together and enjoy peace and everything what we, uh, what we need for our life. I want to wish you all the best in that time with your family. Is there an Austrian or a Viennese Christmas tradition that you especially love? It seems like the perfect postcard of a place to celebrate Christmas with the uh, beautiful architecture and the holiday lights. Uh, what's the favorite thing that really uh, moves your heart with the Christmas season in Vienna, in well, Austria. Well, as a musician, actually, I must say, when the family um, uh, come together and around the Christmas tree, the moment when we sing Silent Night, Holy Night, this is the moment where I believe it is the most important moment because this is the a song which actually was uh, composed in Austria um, in Salzburg, in a very, very small village. Now this is the song for us. And I must also say, um, it is always a joy to um, give the children, the grandchildren, uh, gifts. And I think this is a must. But it is also a joy to remember why we celebrate Christmas. What is the reason for? Why do we gather around the tree? And why do we exchange presents? And this is actually probably the most important reason what I and my family try to do in, uh, in, in Austria. And of course, uh, Christiane, my wife, is baking a cake 
and uh, doing um, a meal. I must say, um, in my family, we nearly have in every week Christmas because Christiane is baking every week a cake for me. But the Christmas cake, cake will probably be a very special cake for the whole family. <laughs> the bells in St. Florian Abbey, about two hours from Vienna. The recording Christmas in Austria with the Vienna Choir Boys and Xavier Meyer. It is a sound very familiar. The Christmas carol Silent Night, written in Austria, and a familiar sound to the music director of Austrian-born Manfred Honig, music director of the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. Earlier, you heard the Tchaikovsky Nutcracker Suite, Vivian Fung's A Child's Dream of Toys. James Ennis played the Barber Violin Concerto. And we heard Samuel Barber's School for Scandal Overture with former music director Lauren Mazel. Always in a holiday mood, I'm Jim Cunningham, wishing you all the best. Harold F. Chambers III recorded and mastered the music heard in this program. Our program and production manager, Brian Savar, is the producer of Pittsburgh Symphony Radio. I'm Jim Cunningham. Pittsburgh Symphony Radio is made possible in part with your support, and we have help from the Spanos Group of Raymond James. Their business is people and their financial well-being, with decisions focused on the long term. 844-545-2259 or spanosgroup.com. Raymond James and Associates Incorporated. Member New York Stock Exchange, SIPC. Pittsburgh Symphony Radio is also supported by the musicians of the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra.